Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Oh, Michael, what a wonderful day it is today. What, why do you say that? It was, was kind of cold out. Because, my neck man, of the woods. James Harden and the Rockets are just, I mean, eating the sun's face. 90 points at halftime. I mean, 40 points in every quarter. I yeah, mean, this. Love. Um, I'm. Uh, we. I would like to get this uh, recording over as soon as humanly possible, so I could see, um, what the final score of this game. I'd like to watch the second half of this game because James Harden has 33 at halftime. Houston has 90 at halftime. So those the Suns have 65. Like, who knows what's going to happen in the rest of this game? I predict that the Rockets keep up their 45-point-a-quarter pace well, and get 180 for the game. That would be that would be pretty sweet. I'd like to see I'd like to see Harden get 80 tonight. That'd be pretty cool. Possible. Nobody nobody's missed in this game. Um, they're both shooting like basically 60 percent from the field. Yeah, that's uh, probably not sustainable, huh? Who knows? I mean, is anyone playing defense? Who cares? I guess defense. You know what? I'm all for a non-defensive uh, NBA. Like I don't, I don't know, man. Those All Star games get kind of weird to watch, and they just like let the dude dunk it a hundred times. I don't know. I, I might. I think I'm an outlier, but I, I love watching the All Star, the actual All Star game every year. It's fun to watch just because, like, I mean, there's some crazy displays of athleticism, but at the same time, like, at some point I want someone to try to guard somebody. Yeah, I wish they would make them play for something or money or I don't know, because that way if it's close in the fourth quarter, they'd actually go at each other and you'd really see what it's like to two all-star teams. But I guess you really see what happens when you get one all-star team together with the Warriors and, uh, you know. Oh man, like it's, it's 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 kind of a, it's pretty exciting, but it's a bit unfair. Yeah. So speaking of this uh, Rockets Suns game, I know it's only at halftime here, but there, tonight was the return of Chris Paul, and there was actually a lot of returns of people around the league in the last few days. But let's talk about Chris Paul at a. This might be a skewed game considering there's 90 freaking points at halftime, so we could pretend that this is the end of the game. Which would be, you know, a semi-normal game. Actually, they they probably scored more than ninety points in the, in a full game. But uh, Chris Paul, he's only played ten minutes in the uh, first half. I it's I think it's going to be a very slow return for Chris Paul. Uh, they're not going to force him into anything. And like I said, this is a weird game. But uh, eight points and eight assists at half with two steals and a three pointer. I think everybody who was diligent and waited and just kept Chris Paul hanging around at the end of their bench, I think they're all going to be rewarded with a um, a very productive Chris Paul. Oh, no doubt. I mean, I, there's always this panic, right? Because he had a couple of bad – or what was it, one bad game? I mean, he was in for a half a game or a third of – two-thirds of a game, and that was that's all we got. I think people right. did like – they're like, oh, man, that was a long time ago. Feels like a long time ago anyway. I mean, it was opening night, and so he had one bad game, and now, right, he's back, and he might have a few more bad games here just because, I mean, 
he's coming back from the injury. He hasn't played for a while, all that. But I think he's going to return to that relative, you know, late first, early second round value. I mean, he's got nine assists. He had 10 assists in the first game he played. He's going to get assists. And getting double-digit assists puts you in the top 50 without any, pretty much any other stats. And we know he's going to be good at steals. We know he's going to have pretty good percentages. We know he's going to shoot more threes on this Rockets team. So yeah. I think Chris Paul is going to be it's fine. The same diagnosis that we gave at the beginning of the year, I think still holds up. Uh, like we've said many times before, when you're uh, especially a really good player, uh, an all-star player, when they end up on a new team with a new bunch of people and a, and a bunch of, uh, especially someone who's been on a, on the same team for so long, like Chris Paul has that. I mean, he's got this almost this exact rhythm and, and the way they play in Houston is so different than the way they played in LA. It's going to take some time for him to adjust. And I think they're going to mess with around with how he plays. They'll probably have him play with the second team a little bit more. So neither Harden nor Chris Paul are off the court at any one given time, which to me makes a ton of sense. I I just think it's going to take a little while before he gets into the swing of things. So if you do see Chris Paul slumping at any time in the next couple of weeks, I think that's a really good buy low when if you couldn't buy him low um, when he was injured. Oh, I'm with you there. Um, I actually was just uh, consulting someone to make a trade for Chris Paul for LaMarcus Aldridge straight up, and, and that went through uh, just a few days ago. Oh, yeah. And it's like, okay, LaMarcus, LaMarcus Aldridge has been great this season, but, I mean, isn't Chris Paul going to be better than even LaMarcus Aldridge has played so far this year? Like, I, like, I think that's definitely the case. So Yeah, like 10 out of 10 times, I think. Yeah, so I mean that's definitely somebody, right? That if you can even still, if he has a couple of bad games here and you can buy him low, I'd do it. I think he's going to be good. I guess the biggest concern for me, and it's really not that big of a concern, is that he maybe gets injured again. I mean, he's getting up there in age, but I really not any more concerned about him getting injured than anybody else, really. Yeah, I'm not aggressively worried about that at all. I think there was a reason it took him a little while to come back, and it was so he would be healthy when he did come back um i got someone i'd like to ask you about oh this is this is a man um i don't know that we we advise too many people to take but as a it's a it's a big name point guard it's mike conley any concerns on mike conley for the rest of the season yeah i mean it's, it's, i think that's a fairly good question that's been coming up a lot I've seen on on fancy basketball Twitter or wherever you're looking at different fancy uh, people on the fancy basketball fancy b-ball subreddit are talking a lot about Mike Connolly. Um, I think it's to me is a is a buy low right now. I mean Mike Connolly has struggled to start the season and you 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 have to wonder you know um, this left Achilles that is keeping him out right now. Was that lingering for the beginning part of this, of this season? Oh, I think it definitely was, but the worrisome thing for me is that is the injury that ended his season two seasons ago, where he kind of just like shut it down with like a month ago. Um, and then he missed a few games last year with like Achilles soreness. And now he's missing more time, right? He's missed the last 
he's missed the last two games, right? And he's out for another game. Missed the last game, out for two more games. I'm sorry. Um, I, mm, you know, I, I, I guess I am a little bit worried simply because of his history. And, um, you know, these these seasons that happen are just going to be lost to um, – or at least portions of his season lost to injury. But he's Mike Connolly. I, I still think he's an incredibly good um, basketball player. He His shot has been just kind of um, – you know, it's, a, it's a small sample size still, you know, it's a small My, sample size alert, but he's been shooting 38% on the season. And then the last week was is even worse. And that has to be due to the injury because he's, you know, usually over 43% shooter. Here's, here's what I'll say about Mike. I will buy extremely low. Yeah. If I have him, I'll hold him, but I'm not buying a little bit low. Like I'm not giving a top 50, another top 50 player to get back Mike Conley. Right. I feel that scared about the injury, but if I can give like a player outside the top 75 or 80 and get back Mike Conley, I'll still do that trick. Yeah. This is like, I'm not going to bet the farm on Mike Conley. I'm not going to like be like, all right, here's all the depot for Mike Conley. Like, no, that's not, I'm not doing that. Um, But if you look, if you go look at the, was it two seasons ago where he had a, this was bothering him? He did shoot forty two percent that season, um, so maybe that is something to be a, a tad bit concerned about. But is this maybe a sell low opportunity? If you think Mike Connolly is going to have a lingering injury for the rest of the season, I wouldn't, and and I think you you got to it right there. I mean, you look back at that season, like those numbers are still really good in that season where it bothered him for a long time. The field goal percentage was down. He still shot a good free throw percentage. He still gave you one and a half three-pointers, and he's shooting a ton more three-point attempts now. So you got to figure at his new attempt rate, that's probably like two to two and a half three-pointers a game. I mean, I think he's going to be fine-ish. But, you know, we talked about Chris Paul and how we're not really at all concerned. I'm a little bit concerned about Mike Conley, just a little bit. Yeah, so am I. Um, I think if you want to, if you can move Mike Connolly for someone who's as good or a little bit, I mean, better who's struggling right now, go right, one go, right, go right ahead. But um, there's not much value you're going to get out of someone who's hurt and struggling. I'll, I'll throw you a couple and we'll, we'll see where, where you end up. So sure. let's say you have Mike Conley. How's that sound? Okay. Sounds... A little depressing right now, but I, I've owned Mike Connolly many a times. And you can trade for Mr. Robert Covington. Ooh. That's a fairly good man, that's a really, really tough one, especially since you know I love beautiful Bob Bobby, Covington. Bobby just got paid, man. Bobby just got paid, son. Uh, he you know, about time. Um did you see that there was the largest single season increase in a, in a person's salary? Really? And they upped it to 16. Good for them. I mean, Covington deserves it. Covington's yep. been... But and Bob's been all over murdering people. What I'm worried about is we saw this last year, except for it was reversed. If you remember, he stunk at the beginning and then had a run like he's having now. Toward the end, 
I'm a little bit concerned that that flops around and he's kind of bad for a while at some point. But this team is completely different at this point. And I think so a lot. Broke. I think a lot of what Covington struggled with was when the basically he had to carry that team, and he's just not the type of player who puts a team on his back. Joel Embiid is. Ben Simmons looks like he could be. And I think it's great for Robert Covington that he he does not have to be the best player on the floor every night. Fact, but he is not going to shoot 50% on three-pointers, which he's doing right now. Certainly. I think he's down for – he could be <laughs> on the downswing. Um, I, I'm still going to – I think I'm going to – I'd rather keep Mike Connolly, but I think it's pretty damn close. If I really oh. needed some of the stuff that Cummington gives me, like threes and steals, I, then I, I'd make I'd make that move. How about another struggling player, Mr. Miles Turner? I'd rather have Miles Turner. I think Miles yeah, Turner is really good. By a lot. How about a man having a semi breakout season, Mr. Clint Capella? Ooh. Um. Let's let's pivot real quick. Is Clint Capella for real? And I think, I mean, I guess that's what you're basically asking me. But oh man. Um. I don't think I would trade Mike Connolly for Clint Capella, but I do think Clint Capella is this good. Fact. I do too. I think Clint Capella is this good. I think if if I'm more worried than I'm worried, so if my, uh, let's say, my, my light's kind of yellow, if mine's orange or red in the Mike Connolly worry scale, I think I would make that move for Clint Capella. Yeah, if you're if you're like you know screw you, Mike Connolly, you screwed me over a couple years ago. You gotta go. Then uh, go ahead, do it. All right, how about Devin Booker? Booker's getting more assists now. Oh man, that's another. I think that's another good one. Mike Connolly is an interesting guy, huh? Um, Devin Booker. If I lacked a hard or a good um, point scorer and I really needed one, I think actually I think I make that trade because Devin Booker is being a little bit more versatile with his game. He is not a, just a pure scorer, and I think you know this could be the year that he just kind of. Uh, I think he, you know how a very Bradley Beal esque kind of rise where he's kind of figuring it out looks like he's got it figured out and then all of a sudden he's you know great and mike Connolly is not on that trajectory he is on the down trajectory overall yeah give me give me devin booker just more upside feel a little safer with him don't no reason to think he's gonna get hurt at all uh give me devin booker in that just feeling good about devin booker right now yeah I'm, i'm with you there so yeah the um I actually want to uh, – I know we went on a little bit of a, a Mike Connolly segue, which I think is a super appropriate because uh, I don't really know what to do with him. Let's talk about another point guard and, uh, who just came back. And we talked about this guy last time. But Rondo on the Pelicans, he actually played 14 minutes. Uh, what's with this minutes restriction? How long is this going to last? Well, I mean, I don't think this is, like, super uncommon. Now, the one that was weird was that first game. We don't often see that. We often just see them hold. Yeah, we just often see the team hold him out until he can play, like, 15. Um, He only played in the first half, right? 
Um, I think we're going to see this for probably another two to three weeks of him until he gets all the way up to 30 minutes a game. I think it's going to go like 15 for a game or two more maybe, and then we'll get up to 20 and then 25 and then 30. Um, we got to remember this guy didn't get much time at all in the preseason, and he played seven minutes in a preseason game after his 31 minutes against the Bulls. So, you know, he didn't get a lot of preseason action, and I think this is kind of we're giving him preseason during the regular season. He does yeah. have 10 assists in two games, though, and he's played a total of 19 minutes. Yeah, and uh, I think that's right there when you think about – what Rondo did with Boogie when it was just Boogie in Sacramento, his assists were up. And now that you have AD and Boogie out on the floor, if they're going to play Rondo with those two and he's going to start, and even if he's playing, you know, streaming wise, I think you, you should be picking up Rondo if you need assists every single time. But once he's playing, if he's playing 25 plus minutes a game, I mean, we could see – do you think we could see double-digit assists a game? I, I don't think it's out of the question. Um, if Would I place a large money wager on that? Probably not. But, I mean, I don't think it's out of the question. If you look back at Rondo's career, right, he had 11 and a half in that season in Sacramento. He's had a bunch of seasons where he's gotten over 10. Yeah. Um. If he gets 32 minutes, he often gets 10 assists. I think it could happen. And so the question is, how much do they play him, right? And how much does it hurt Drew Holiday's value? We talked a lot about that in the preseason, and, and we were both on board that I think it hurts Drew Holiday's value quite a bit, making him kind of a sh- an off-ball guard. Because Rondo dominates the ball. Rondo's not like some point guards who shares it right like okay i'm the primary ball handler but you're the secondary ball handler rondo's climbed to the primary secondary and sometimes tertiary ball handler like he just takes them all yeah and, he's not he's gonna pound the paint like or he's gonna pound the uh i guess the pavement is that is that the uh, proper phrase i think it's pavement isn't it i think yeah i think you're right um but yeah Rondo's gonna t- is gonna take the full point guard responsibilities on this team, if given the chance. And I think he's gonna be given the chance because I don't think they signed him to hang out on the bench with Etwan Moore. Yeah, no, not at all. And I think that this starting five is gonna be one of the more interesting units because you got Demarcus Cousins who likes to handle the ball a little bit. You got Drew Holiday who's obviously been a point guard for a long time. You got. Anthony Davis, who may be one of the most skilled players in the NBA period. And then you'll have Rondo togging the ball. So does that work out, right? Are those other three players, can they coexist with Rondo? Yeah. I get, if he's giving him the ball, I don't think Boogie will mind. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, let's talk about another player who came back uh, in his, his first game back. Nick Batum against the Cavaliers. A little bit of First um, question. Yeah. Crap move by the Hornets training staff. Yes, no. To For what? To say he's going to play 20 minutes and then let him play 32. Was that a mistake? Um, I don't think so because I don't think Nick Batum would be playing 32 minutes if something was lingering, if something was – and I understand it's like, okay, well, he probably didn't think anything was wrong, but the wear and tear – Right, uh, playing in a high octane game against the 
freaking Cavaliers might not be the best move. Um, I I don't think so. I, I'm not worried about that. That doesn't bother me. They copped some some crap on Twitter and just in some other places I saw. The only thing I'll say about it is it wasn't a leg or anything that he hurt. He hurt his non-shooting elbow, right? So yeah, he was probably running and doing conditioning work and probably not in that bad of shape. So as long as the elbow wasn't bothering him, it really didn't bother me. I think he's fine. I think I think they they know what they're doing there. It's not the worst training staff in the in the NBA. There's plenty of other teams who are trying to get that uh that moniker. Plenty of other guys are raising their hand right now. Oh yeah, that's me. Um, in 32 minutes though, he was seven for 15, 16 points, hit a three pointer. Six assists, five rebounds, and two steals. That's a nice return to form. Always an underrated player in my book. Just aggressively oh. underrated. Someone's always hating on him. Uh, yeah, no reason to think his line does not look very similar to his other two years in Charlotte. And I actually think he might even be able to shoot a little bit better. Um, than he shot in, in those two seasons. So Yeah, you hope so. And uh, Jeremy Lamb sent to the bench, 22 minutes. Malik Monk, only nine minutes. Even worth owning Jeremy Lamb going no, forward. No, not in a standard league. Standard league, 12-team league, nah. I'm not interested. Jeremy Lamb, uh, semi-one-dimensional, not uh, terribly interested in owning him, even when he was starting. Uh, but now that Nick Fatuma is back, um, no thanks. Yeah, he played 22 minutes, and if anything, Batum is going to play more than 32 minutes, not less. So, yeah. See you, Jeremy. It was, it was fun. It was fun while it lasted, brother. Yeah, fun. Um, hanging out on the bench. Actually, you know, 22 minutes a game. Whatever. That's not terrible. Yeah, but I, I think that Batum probably gets three more minutes, so it's probably like the 18, 19, 20 he's been playing for the last couple of seasons. I mean, I don't, I don't see any reason why they changed that. So I want I want to ask you some uh, a question about a highly anticipated. Actually, there was a highly anticipated game tonight, the Boston Golden State game, which Boston, uh, Boston took it, man. Boston ended up winning that one, but there's some players in that one I want to talk about. But first, I want to talk about uh, the more highly anticipated game, the Sixers versus the Lakers the other night. Oh man, I thought it was going to be Draft.com. I was excited to hear about that. Oh, no. Well, if you're doing Draft.com the other night, you could have drafted basically the entire starting lineup for the 76ers. And if you did Draft.com this evening, you definitely should have drafted the entire starting lineup for the Houston Rockets because they had 90 freaking points at halftime. I think you're going to be pretty well off there. I'll say from watching this game with a close eye on both teams, the Sixers, Joel Embiid looked ungodly good with his seven blocks and 46 points and just everywhere. He looked like he was everywhere at once Some in some instances. Um, he had seven assists and seven blocks, two three-pointers, 16 rebounds. No, 15, 15 rebounds, 46 points. The bench for the Sixers looked kind of bad, but other than that, they crushed the Lakers when that starting five was in there. I mean, and J.J. Redick and Dario Saric missed most of their shots, and a lot of them were wide open. Embiid and Simmons just get everybody else on that team so many open looks. 
It is ridiculous. Um, I, I would buy I would buy JJ Redick in a heartbeat. I mean, I think that his numbers are only going to go up. He's only going to shoot better. We all know he's a great three point shooter. And yeah. Bob Cove, I mean, just so many open looks for him. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we we just talked about him. He's obviously, like I said, now that he's not carrying this team, he's just uh, you know hanging out, shooting threes, um, playing good defense. Uh, I, I just like everybody on this team. When you, I, I, I don't think we have to talk about Joel Embiid being freaking amazing. Um, I actually don't even think we need to talk about the rest of the year for Ben Simmons because I think this is it. You, you're seeing what he's doing, and it's incredible. Yeah, and- and you'll you'll hear people say, "Oh, he can't shoot a jump shot." Here's the here's the secret to his game. He doesn't try. He yeah, doesn't try. He doesn't he's need to. Shoot, he's gonna shoot a good field goal percentage because he doesn't try to shoot jump shots. He doesn't care to. He can get to that rim. He can score. He can dunk. I mean, Joel Embiid found him. I want to say five times for just a nice wide open dunk. And that's the offense, man. They're gonna get open looks because. You have to juggle Joel Embiid, and Simmons is just such a matchup nightmare too because he can move like a point guard and handle the ball like a point guard, and he's the size of most power forwards. So it's really hard to find someone to guard him. Yeah. So yeah, it's, I mean, he's, they're, he's they're enormous, and so how how does anyone stay in front of him? Right, uh, playoff team in the East for me. I, I'm liking it. Yeah, uh, they're gonna do it. They're going to make the playoffs. Good for them. Um, one of the guys, though, I have a question about is um, Dario Sarge. Oh, Dario. Uh, a very hot pickup last year. Um, kind of a spicy draft guy where people were like, ooh, I'm going to pick up Dario Sarge. He was good last year. And everybody was like, yeah, don't get your hopes up. He's coming off the – everybody who knew better. Don't get your hopes up. He's coming off the bench, right? But even off the bench, he should have been – you know, not terribly bad. He's he's starting. He played 33 minutes in this game. Yeah, he had a bad game, but if he's back to to playing some um, some 30 some minutes a game, is he worth owning in, in in standard leagues? I think so. I mean, I think he's kind of a back end guy, in, in but in 32 minutes, he's gonna get production. I mean, I mentioned that they got a lot of open shots. He's not going to shoot a good field goal percentage. He's just not. He's going to get you threes, though. The free throw percentage is going to be so-so. I expect, like, five and a half rebounds. He can probably get two assists a game. The thing is, he's not going to get a ton of blocks and steals, I don't think. He just isn't super locked in defensively. And he's probably going to get you, like, 10 or 11, 12 points. So, I mean, it's not sexy production, but he's just going to do a little bit in every category. And... The 0.6 or 0.7 steals and the 0.6 or 0.7 blocks plus the threes. I mean, I think he's probably kind of in that. I'm holding him. I'm maybe dropping him if something really juicy comes up and then picking him back up, that kind of area. Uh, he, you see, I'm just, I don't think I'm fully on board. I, I, he does some really interesting stuff, getting rebounds, hitting threes, but I don't think I'm fully on board in – Making him a uh, someone who I put on the end of my bench. I guess if I'm in a full like a full twelve team league, I can uh, you can make that argument, right? With him starting and playing thirty some minutes, but he's going to be inconsistent. I think a lot of people get hung up on what he did last year when he was just uh, balling out of his mind. And what is never going to happen, right, is when he was balling, 
last year, he was basically running the team. He was given the ball. He was been told to just do everything, do whatever you want. And he went out there and, and, and played fantastic. He's never going to get that opportunity as long as Simmons and Embiid are both healthy. And uh, well, as, a, as a side player, he's pretty good and has some – he had a good night the other, you know, against Utah, right? He's going to have some pretty good nights, but he's not going to be that's, consistently that's great. It. That's where he gets the opportunities. And if he's on your waiver wire, that is – you definitely pick him up on those nights. What happened in that game against Utah, Mike? Was it the game Embiid did not play? Yes, Joel Embiid had to sit out, remember, because they went to the West Coast and for some reason he needed to rest by Philadelphia's medical staff. I don't know what the reason was. I didn't understand that. But those are the games because in those games, okay, he shares the ball with Simmons at the beginning, but he gets some time on the court where they just say, all right, Dario, you're ball, man. You're you're the guy here. And – He's good in that role, especially for fantasy, right? He can produce some really relevant stats. They have two back-to-backs coming up, two sets of back-to-backs coming up here in the next few weeks. Um, I'm assuming Joel Embiid sits out two of those games, and those are two you definitely want Sarge for because Sarge will be really good for fantasy. Yeah, those will be really good nights to grab him and uh, put him on your roster. Um, almost, almost worth it. Like I said, in 12 team, almost worth it to have him on the end of the bench uh, with those two back to backs. Maybe just pick him up for the whole week. I mean, I would hold him even, you know, he's going to be inconsistent, like you said, but he has the upside to produce some crazy good games when he's the one who gets hot and the other team keeps leaving him open and he's knocking down his three pointers and getting to the rim and scoring. They're really good at sharing the ball in Philly. Uh, I mean, they they seem very unselfish team right now, and I mean you can tell by the fifty, the freaking thirty assists they got in that game against the Lakers, and I mean I just really think that he could have some games where he bubbles up, and then he's gonna have some games like he had against the Lakers where it's seven points and six rebounds and three blocks on bad shooting. I guess I'm willing to take that chance, right? If he has a few more shots, gets a few more threes. That's not really that terrible of a night. Let's talk about the Lakers. The man, the Lakers are still uh, a weird kind of a weird team. Uh, at least their rotation is is somewhat cons- more consistent at this point. Uh, Julius Randle is coming off the bench and playing. Uh, he, I mean, he played thirty minutes in this game, but you know, playing uh, the backup big role. And he's playing better in this backup role than than the starting role, but, but Kyle Kuzma is, is still starting. Looks really good just as a basketball player in in general. And um, I have a riddle that I'd like to riddle to you. Is this yeah, an episode of Batman the Animated Series? Like what? Like what is this? I don't know, but this is this just bothers me about the Lakers. Okay, so they're starting five. One would think those would be your five best players because the other team's probably starting their five best players. You would assume. But then, in almost every single game, Mike, the Lakers close the game, which, again, you would think you'd want perhaps your five best players on the court. Certainly would. They close the game with Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope three of their starters, but then always Julius Randle and Jordan Clarkson. 
Very strange. Always very confused by this. Because if Brooke Lopez and Lonzo Ball are your two best players, which was what many people said heading into the season, and I still think Brooke Lopez is probably their best player. As strange as that sounds. He definitely is. I don't think it's yeah. a. I don't think it's a question. He's yeah. Those two guys are the guys who sit, and Clarkson and Randall come in and play. And I'll be the first one to. admit, I don't hate this Julius Clarkson, Catavius Caldwell Pope backcourt in the sense that Clarkson can kind of do it all on offense, and then he's a terrible defender, and Caldwell Pope can kind of lock down on defense, and it kind of gives him a good little mix there. And I don't necessarily hate that lineup. I just don't understand why they don't start it and play it more or why Brooke Lopez can never seem to get minutes. Like, well, I think I it's one of those things, right? Brooke Lopez is the, the big name. The, he's, you want him to start. You want to play him big minutes. And you want to close with your squad that you actually might be running with more than a year, right? Like, you know, but the future keeps, is not Brooke Lopez. Everybody keeps saying they're not bringing back Randall. So, like, is he the future? I. I think they're trying to figure that out. And that's my point is like, they don't have their draft pick. So they're not actively trying to lose games. They do not have their draft pick this year. So what's the point in losing? So I don't understand why Brooke Lopez doesn't play more. Like you guys might as well try to win. Like he's got to be your best player. He has to be. I don't know. They're, they're in the West. You think they're smart enough to know, like, even if they try to win, they're not going to win. So they're still, even though, you know, you don't have a draft pick. The most important thing here is to, try to develop your young players and to see what you have talent wise. Therefore, you know, Julius Randall, let's, let's get him out there. And I don't hate them playing Julius Randall. I mean, don't get me wrong about that. I think they know what he is though. I mean, they've had him for how many years now? Uh, It's coming up to the end. I mean, they know what they've got. At least they should. Yeah, they should be, they should be pretty aware of, of the player he could be though. He did. Um, didn't he completely miss that first year uh, with played, a bad injury? Like about five minutes and then he busted that leg and, and yeah, didn't play at all. It was he played, not pretty. And that counted as his rookie season. And I, I mean, it was, I think in the first quarter he, he broke it. Yeah. That's, that was brutal. So, yeah. Um, this team is just weird, man. They're weird. They're weird. They're a weird. They're a weird bunch. They're weird. Um, let's, let's let's just go really really quickly through this team. Like Randall, probably. I mean, probably worth rostering in a in a twelve team league. I'm not really sure, just because the uh, you know. He, he it's not seems if he's going to be playing you know more minutes well, like he has he been i the, guess right he got the 30 against philly but here's the weird part a lot of times he closes games but he only plays like less than 20 minutes or 20 yeah it's very minutes. strange but yet he's out there at the end and it's like what what the hell like if he's that good enough to close the damn game how is he not good enough to get more than 20 minutes a night like it doesn't make any sense um, I, have no, I have no idea. Kyle Kuzma, though, uh, probably worth rostering as well. What I'll say about Randall is, just like what we said about in the preseason, he's going to get bulk rebounds. Even in even if he only plays like 20 minutes, he's probably good for like seven, eight, nine rebounds a game. Yes. And that's worth owning probably because we talk about this a lot. Rebounding 
is down player by player. You know what I mean? The thing that kills you owning Randall is he gives you almost no defensive stats. So he's going to give you, if he's only playing like 20 minutes a game, he's going to give you like eight to 10 points and like seven to nine rebounds. And that's it. He's like the poor man's Zach Randolph of 2012. That is, uh, that is one way of describing it. I do want to talk about Kyle Kuzma. Um, like I said, I think he's a pretty, I think he's a pretty good NBA player, and he's also a pretty good fancy player. He's not great. Uh, is, the steals, is he the, the steals and blocks are not there, but someone who's playing 31 minutes and and scoring and getting rebounds and hitting the occasional three and shooting good percentages, like that's worth owning. Do the percentages keep up, Michael? That is my question. See, that, there's no that there's no sample the million, size. The million dollar question, there's, right? No sample size to go off of, so I'm willing to ride that um that 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 train until it falls off, right? And the the big question I think here for the Lakers is, what happens when Larry Nance comes back? What happens to these two players when Larry Nance comes back? Because Larry Nance was playing quite a bit before. The, and he will uh, continue to do so, and here's why. He's the he's the defensive one of the bunch. He's the only one who's a good defender. And, I mean, does that is, – is it Kyle Kuzma who takes the hit? Is it all three of them who take the hit? I, uh, who, I, I don't know we, what to do here. We saw it a little bit, right? I think that they all kind of cop a hit. And the one who takes the big hit is Bogut, right? They probably give Bogut's, Bogut down to like – eight to 10 minutes instead of, you know, 18 to 20 minutes. So there's 10 for him. Julius Randle probably goes down to 23 to 25 minutes. And Kuzma probably plays 27 or 28. And then you've got the minutes for Larry Nance right there. Um, Yeah, I don't think it's going to get any better for Brooke Lopez. For Kuzma, I think we know what he is. He's going to get some rebounds. And he's going to get some points. The percentages are still a question mark to me. He's shooting great percentages right now. I don't know if that holds up. But if you need rebounds and points, I mean, it's the Julius Randle, but a better version this year. Not quite as many rebounds, but it's going to be a lot more points. I'd rather have Kuzma than Randle. So rest of the year, though, do you think Kuzma is stays in the top one? You know, it finishes at the top 100. No. Do you think he's going to be able to – should he be owned at the end of the year? For majority of the year, how about that? Should he be owned in a standard league? I mean, do you own a person who scores 13 points with six rebounds? That depends depends on... Nothing else other than maybe good percentages? I mean, if you do, then yeah. If not, then no. If he feels like a uh, a borderline standard league player... This is the man I would sell. Let's put it that way. I would sell this guy if I could get any modicum of value back. Because I don't like the no no defensive stats. Almost zero defensive stats. Yeah, and that's what I'm kind of getting around to with Larry Nance coming back is that right now Kyle Kuzma's, first off, a hot name. Second off, on the Lakers. And third, playing really, really well. This is a perfect sell high moment for Kyle and Kuzma. And even now, it's not 20 points and 10 rebounds. Back. You know what I mean? It's not Brooke Lopez from last year scoring 20 points, and it's not even close to 10 rebounds. It's 6.8 rebounds and 15 points. Like, it's still not really that good. It's it's fine. 
it's fine, Perfect. but it's, it's not top Perfectly 100 fine. level. You know what I mean? Like, it's not top 75 level, but you hear some of these people say, like, ooh, Kyle Kuzma, he's this great fantasy asset. Like, he's really not. I mean, he's just okay. He's, he's what a, he is. He's a good NBA player, and I think he's a oh, solid don't, don't fantasy. Get me wrong. And that makes him a solid fantasy player. It doesn't make him a breakout right. candidate or uh, someone you should bet the farm on or draft even really outside of the the end of your draft at this point. But uh, dude's gonna get plenty of opportunity, I think, and uh, that's worth that's worth noting. So old rookie, he had a bad game. Okay, we we recommended selling him there a little while back if you could. Yep. Not doing that now. He's not worth anything at this point. Right? So you're stuck holding him. So I'm just interested to see where you think old Brooke Lopez ends up at the end of the season. Is he even a top 100 player at this point? Like, I mean, I think we're seeing that it's not going to be a ton of minutes. Unless the unless the Lakers just, like, almost decide to not even – just not even play him, right? Like, just not even – bother to play him 20 he's playing 24 minutes a game if they decide to not even play him 24 minutes a game then no but if he's playing 24 minutes or or more on a consistent basis i still think brooke lopez is a top 100 player he's good enough i mean he just does enough across the board to to be relevant but man like this is a brutal hit if you drafted him uh, wherever you probably drafted him, it's, it's a brutal hit, and I, I just don't see him sneaking into the top fifty at all. And I just a, don't think they want to play him. Here's a crazy trade you can make: more value the rest of the season, Kyle Kuzma or Brook Lopez? Probably Brook Lopez, in my in my opinion. I think it is by far. I mean, I I don't think he's going to play less than twenty four minutes a game, right? I don't think Kyle Kuzma is going to get more than thirty one minutes a game, especially once Larry Nance comes back, and. The numbers are pretty similar. Kyle Kuzma shooting a better field goal percentage, but Brooke Lopez has given you one and a half blocks and half a steal. That alone makes him more valuable than Kyle Kuzma to me. So probably a trade you could make. And Brooke Lopez I, is the more valuable fantasy player. He just is. I would definitely try to make that trade. And so, I mean, there's something that, that's just an idea, right? What I mean, about um, who who? Let's play a little. Who would you trade for Brook Lopez? Kind of kind of deal. Who would you trade for Brook Lopez? The game, the musical. The um, all right. I'm gonna venture way down. Oh, Lord. way down on this list. Way down to the ethers, huh? All right. Here's a guy who's um been injured, struggling, etc. Daniela Gallinari. Wait, okay, so I'm, uh, my question is, do I own Brook Lopez or am you I trading for Brook Lopez? not own Brook Lopez. Oh, so I'm trying to trade this person for Brook Lopez? But you're like, hey, Brook Lopez is going to be all right. Um, you're looking to get Brook Lopez at a discount. Okay, all right. You so think, Gallo or Brook yeah. Lopez? Is that the question? Gallo or Brook Lopez? I know um, you're not a big fan of Daniela, but... Well, Smello well, Daniello can put in put in some real quality months. Here's what I'll say about that. Feel a little bit better about Brooke Lopez staying healthy. So it kind of a little bit will depend on where my team's at, right? Like if I need a consistent contributor, I, I'll probably go 
one way, and if I need some upside, I'll probably go another way. I think Gallo scores more points. If I need blocks, though, I'm definitely going for Brook Lopez. And I don't think their value is really that far off. I think they're going to be kind of similar players. Just, you know, one's going to give you 18 or 19 points, and the other one's going to give you 15. And one's going to give you 0.2 blocks, and the other one's going to give you 1.6 blocks. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's a pretty good point. Other than that, I think they're pretty similar. So, I mean, I guess it's just kind of where you want to go with your team. Um, what, what, what you feel? Okay, okay. I see what you're saying. Um, Jalen Brown or Brooke Lopez? Would you be like, hey, Jalen you know Brown's like Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's an interesting guy, right? In the sense that he's getting huge minutes. And he's got kind of a divisive stat line in some ways in the sense that I think his, he's shooting over his head and his field goal percentage a little bit. Um, he's a for, uh, forward. Mm-hmm. Who would I rather have? Hmm. Probably Jalen Brown. I just feel a little bit better that he's going to play like 32 minutes a game. There's another, again, two guys who are producing a similar stat line. Um, Pretty much everywhere except for Jalen Brown's going to give you over a steal a game, and Brooke Lopez is going to give you like a block and a half a game. Yeah, Maybe. I guess it just depends on your build. So I mean, I mean, we're talking about some pretty. I mean, Daniello, like I said, Daniello easily could be for a couple months be a top forty player. Um, it's just that for the whole damn season, he's going to be in and out um, of of the rehab center. So, and not the fun drug rehab center. The, uh, the my my leg is broken somehow. Still, rehab center. Yeah, old Gallo, man. If he could just stay healthy, he'd be a fun guy. I know there was a couple of years where he was, you know, fairly healthy, and he was very very promising character. Uh, not not so much. Um, let's uh, let's. We got a lot of people to talk about here on this team. And I wanted to talk about some of the young guys. We talked about Jalen Brown just now, but some of the young guys on the Celtics. And we talked because... about Coos, right? We talked. We're talking lots of young men today. Well, don't get don't get too excited there, Tyler. Uh, but I do want to talk about uh, someone who kind of impressed a lot of people in this game, and that is uh, Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram kind of put a, a, a little game together: twenty-six points. 11 rebounds, but here's the thing. No three-pointers, no steals. No, Two here's, blocks, what I'll say. here's what I'll say about Brandon. He would be smart to take a page out of Ben Simmons' playbook. Stop shooting. Yeah. Learn how to get to the rim. Now, he's not as quick or good at the hand, with his handles. Or really, I just think is... I think Ben Simmons is, is like just so bigger, stronger, like... Ingram is still like a waif of a person. Yeah. Um, literally the smallest arms on a person I've ever seen, like the skinniest. Yeah, everyone wants to compare him to young Durant, but like, first off, young Durant could shoot, and young Durant uh, got bigger, and Ingram still yeah. hasn't. Um, I'm sure you've seen that tweet that goes around, right, of him like when he got drafted standing in front of the championship trophies. Just his arms don't look real in that picture. And then that's not photoshopped or anything. Like, his arms are that small. Um, Not a huge proponent of this guy for fantasy. 
He's another guy I think who gets the Lakers bump and is kind of overhyped. Yeah, I, I, I think we've talked about how we're not huge fans of Brandon Ingram, but if you're seeing um, kind of a, a – I'm not saying this is happening right now. I, I think this was a fairly good game by Brandon Ingram, but I, I'm not jumping on the Ingram bandwagon by any means, but they're going to consistently – uh, at least give him 30 plus minutes a game, right? And so he's going to have plenty of opportunity. He could be a steel block three guy if he ever put everything together. I just don't think. I, I don't think he it's could. going to happen. I don't think he could this season be a three guy. I just don't yeah. think he could. The steel block could be there. It could be a steel um, block guy though. I will give you that. I just, you know, his his free throw percentage is still trash. He's put the occasional interesting game together. I mean, for the rest of the year, do you think he could be standardly relevant? Would you want to own him in a league, or is this just a stream uh, on, on the on the occasion? I mean, in the same way that some of these other guys we're talking about are, right? Like, I think he'll probably score 14 points a game. I don't think the percentages are going to be good at all. Um, even the field goal, I think, goes down a little bit. I don't think he's 45. I think he's probably more like 42, 43. A, I mean, there are um, a lot of fringe young guys. But and, the block uh, and the steal make him more ownable. Like, I would hold Brandon Ingram, and I would think really, really hard about cutting him because he can maybe get me that block and steal a game, and we both know how important that can be. He's the more interesting fantasy player because of those those tools, those 9-cat tools. Yeah. Uh, the problem is he just doesn't have the full 9-cat package right the threes aren't there the free throw percentage is is for some reason not good um and that that has to change before he's more relevant than someone who's boring but consistent he's interesting but not consistent so it's a that's a tough choice i'm with you there let's uh let's move over to the celtics i did want to talk about some of the young guys on this team it's just i don't know why we're doing a young guys only episode but uh young guys here, here really we we have another podcast just called Young Guys Only, but it's very, very different than this podcast. Um, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, both starting, obviously, because of Hayward's injury, but both look, you know, really, like, really good basketball players. Which one of these guys is the better own for the rest of the season? So we mocked old Danny Ainge. We did, and I, I was uh, I, unlike a lot of podcasts and unlike a lot of people, I will fully admit that I was wrong about Danny Ainge's approach to this draft. He was still a, a poor drafter in years past, but this obviously this draft has helped his reputation, and I was wrong about uh, about the move. Um. I still don't know long-term, though, that he's the best player in this draft, and we won't talk about that for today. Um, so which guy would I rather own in between the two men? The rest um, of the season. To these two young dudes. Jason Tatum, but he's shooting some percentages I don't think that'll hold. Interesting. Yeah. I thought you were going to go the other way around, and actually, I think I'm going to go the other way around. I think I'd rather have Jason Tatum. Or did you say Jason Tatum? I said Jason Tatum. I'm drunk. I'd rather have Jalen Brown. <laughs> I'd rather have Jalen Brown, not Jason Tatum. Was that just like was that just a mind meld? Like you just tried to like totally I, throw me all off I was, my game by 
<laughs> I was looking at Jalen. I was thinking about Jalen Brown, you know, like I usually do. And I was looking at Jason Tatum's name. And I was like, Jason Tatum, of course. No, I, I like Jalen Brown more. And I think Jalen Brown is, you know, let's say Hayward wasn't his leg didn't completely break off and he was coming back in like five weeks. You know, Jalen Brown's going to start. Jason Tatum's going to move to the bench. Jason Tatum looks freaking fantastic. But, um, you know, I, I, in a head-to-head league, I like Jalen Brown more because of um, just his, his steals and his, uh, his consistency out there. Now, see, and and I'll be cautioned saying this is we don't really know, right? We have a very small sample size to go on on any rookie still. So maybe the rookie's just hot. Maybe the rookie's just in a cold spell. The rookies really still haven't tape on him. Yeah, right? they like no, one, no one's playing a defense around these guys. Right. So the rookies, I will say this about none of the rookies, right? If you're super worried about your rookie because he's shooting, I don't know, let's say less than 30%, and perhaps he's the point guard for the Lakers. Hmm. Um, or, you know, or. You, That's the one rookie we didn't talk about. We're like, ah, Lonzo Ball, screw that guy. Or, or you're super stoked about your rookie because he's doing awesome things like Jason Tatum. Like, we don't know what these rookies are quite yet. So yeah, I'll couch it, it, anything I'm going to say about Jason Tatum with that. It, 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 Jason Tatum is approaching a one-one-one, which makes him super fantasy interesting. That's, that's why I, I want him. Just, I, I just don't know if that's that's for real. And the blocks for a small forward look pretty good, and I think there may be a little more room for the steals to get close to Jalen Brown's level. So if you're going to tell me I can get half a more block a game from Tatum, and pretty close to one steal, which is really all that Jalen Brown's getting you. And they're going to be similar in points and three-pointers. I think I want Jason Tatum. Yeah, see, now, I think those steals and blocks are a little, a little fluky. And um, I know, and this is conjecture, right? This is, um, it's, it's the fact that, you know, there's not a ton of consistency night to night with steals and blocks, which makes me think like, oh, there could be, you know, a whole period of time where he doesn't, do either one of those things and then occasionally gets the a steal here and a block there versus um Jalen Brown who I, I think is is definitely worth um his um value in steals. And that's I mean that's fair, right? Like I said, we don't really know where Jason Tatum's gonna go yet. The one thing I'll say about rookies though, and, and a lot of them they're they usually start slow. And so we're talking in generalities now, obviously and not every player conforms to that, right? Because it's not yeah. 100% of the thing. But what if Jason Tatum gets better as the season goes on? That's a scary mm. thought. That can certainly happen, right? Um, <laughs> and that's why it's worth definitely picking up. I think it's worth picking up and owning both of these guys, and I assume they are um, picked up and owned in, in standard leagues across the world. Uh, I'm, we're talking about global global ownership here for Jason Tatum. ESPN is 87.8 and 82.8% for Tatum and Jalen Brown. And frankly so. They should both be owned. They should both be held. They're both probably top 100 players. When when you look at these two guys, right, and you compare them with the Lakers players that we talked about, and the Lakers players, obviously there's a lot more of them to be had. Like, I like both of them more than I like any of those Lakers uh, young guys that we talked about. 
with you there. I mean, the exception is of is Brandon Ingram's upside for me. I still I know there's a lot of people who are out on Brandon Ingram like forever, and I just think he's too young to be out on. And uh, if he if he can put it together, you know, I'm I'm willing to enter I'm willing to entertain the fact that he could put it together. Keep I'm actually league. keeper huh? league trade keeper league trade. Yeah, this is what Jason, where, a, Jason Tatum or Brandon Ingram. This is where I wanted to go. Is that if you're if you're in a keeper league, a dynasty league, you know how are you ranking these dudes and um all these young dudes and man, I mean Tatum is is Tatum younger than Ingram? Yes, Tatum's only nineteen. But it's not by a lot. Ingram was ing- aggressively young when he came in the league. Ingram is still twenty years old. That's crazy. But Tatum is is still nineteen. Man, I guess I have to go with Ingram is it, 19 until March. So Ingram is like a full year older because Ingram turned 20 in September. So he's actually not a full year. He's like six months older. Hmm. I want to, I'd rather have Tatum. Yeah, me too. Like, I just know he can do it. And like, I think it's pretty close actually. But I just rather take my chances with, with, with Tatum. I think maybe the only caveat here. Is Ingram is always going to start, and then next year Tatum might not play as much. And I, I think you might, if you want to take that into account, but unlike a lot of teams, unlike a team, I don't know. I mean, unlike a team who maybe wanted to start two players who'd rather try to punch each other in the face versus the rookie who needs time to mature and actually looks like he can play NBA NBA basketball and can score and hit shots. Unlike a team like that, I feel like the Celtics look at a young player like they looked at Jalen Brown. Like think about last year with Jalen Brown, they go, we just got to get a figure out a way to get this guy on the court. Well, and he's good. And Tatum, they already know he's good. So they're going to figure out a way to get his ass on the court. And so it's going to be between Tatum and Brown, obviously, because, I mean, they're not going to start Marcus Morris next year. And this team could change a lot, just like it did this offseason, so we don't really know. But you got to figure they got Kyrie and Al Horford locked in and Gordon Hayward if he's back to health. So, I mean, they still got two spots open. If you put Hayward as the two and Irving as the one, couldn't Tatum and Brown be the two forwards? And Horford be the center? I mean, yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, Marcus Smart, odd man out, right? But he can come off the bench if he's still around. And he says he always says that he prefers to come off the bench. So, I mean, I think that's a pretty solid like six man set there with Marcus Smart kind of coming off the bench, just being a crazy defensive. You know what? And then you still got Marcus Morris to come off the bench, and you know the rest of their squad here. And I mean, I think that's probably their best starting five going forward is Tatum Brown. Horford, Irving, Gordon Hayward. That's a, I mean, man, what a they he, uh, Ainge really did it. He he played. He had his cake and ate his other cake too, uh, which is not the phrase, but it's basically what he did. He was like, I'm gonna do whatever I want. I'm gonna have a contending team. I'm gonna go get another superstar. And I I know Hayward broke all of his leg off and it it disappeared because it was so broken. But he did that, and he still has a crazy amount of draft picks, and he has all these young players that he could develop into another you know, group of people who keeps him contending. And that, he, he did it. And, you know, props, props to Danny Ainge. 
um, you know, Boston, whatever. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give props to that city, but Danny Ainge, good, good job. Danny proud did good. I'm proud of you. Danny did good. That's for certain. Um, are any of those other? I mean, is Kuzma in the in the in the talks for you know? Hey, keeper league Kuzma. No, I mean, just no defensive stats does not. What's the upside on a player who gets no defensive stats, right? It's like we talked about Julius Randle at the beginning of the season. Like, sure, you can work your way in the top 100 maybe, but that's pretty much would you rather, I mean, Would you rather keep Lonzo, Lonzo Ball than Kuzma and Randle? Uh, by, far, by, by far, just in the sense that I think Ball could get better. And, I mean, we, we both know I don't think Lonzo can shoot, but – I mean, if he's getting the Ben Simmons, right, where he can get to the rim and, and get some points and get you six rebounds and seven assists already as a 20-year-old kid, I mean, the the fantasy, he's really not that bad. He just – his percentages are terrible, right? So if you're in a Roto League, obviously that's not good. But six and a half rebounds, seven assists, almost a block a game and over a steal, that all sounds pretty darn good. Yeah, right now he's like a, a, a – like a – Post-injury Rondo, and it's – he's going to figure – I the kid can play basketball, and I – we're not – we're Lonzo haters for sure. Like, we're not fans of the whole, you know, the stigma, the big ballers, all the other nonsense, right? But the kid can play basketball. He's good. He's He can't shoot right now, and I don't know if it's a – if he's got the thing where it's in his brain, like in, in his head, or if that release is just so – slow that like NBA players just eat it alive or if it's a bit of both, but like the kids. Well, he's gonna, gonna open. And that, that's really what's concerning. And what I, what I said, you know, back when the draft was happening was I always bet on the free throw percentage. If the free throw percentage sucks, I don't think you're going to be a good field goal shooter in the NBA. That's pretty and, good. I, I like that. And that's kind of what's, bearing out so far now is he going to get better yes nobody shoots 30 percent right he's shooting 30.3 percent from the field nobody does that nobody shoots 23 percent from three-point range and keeps getting to shoot three-pointers so the numbers are going to improve but i don't think he shoots 40 this season so i mean they're going to be bad all year long I'm with you there. Um, I think that's, I think that's it for tonight. Um, like we've been saying before in the past, um, if you're using, if you like daily fantasy, and you've been using Draft.com, hopefully when you sign up for Draft.com, which is a fantastic uh, way to play daily sports, it's not the normal way to play daily sports. It's a snake draft that you do every single night, and we've been playing really well. And if you want to play against us, all you got to do. Um, well, if you don't, even if you don't want to play against us, use the promo code BOXES when you sign up for Draft.com, and you will get a free game after you sign up with using our promo code BOXES. And if you tweeted us with a screenshot of you doing this, we will make sure you play against us in a Draft.com nightly draft, and you can take our money. But I'm warning you, we are really good, so we are going to take your money. And I, I'm not, I do not feel bad about saying that. My favorite thing about it is it's five on five, right? And it takes literally like two minutes to do the draft. So I'm not 
pouring over the DFS thing for six hours because I've got to know who's going to play 20 minutes for the random team who no one cares about. I just basically, if it's a 10-person thing, I've got to know the top 50 players. I think I know who the top 50 players are pretty much on any given night, right? I'm going for the Joel Embiid's. I'm not going for Timothy Lawalu Cabarot. Yeah, I, I just I don't. When I play regular fancy, I don't care about that dude. And when I want to do daily, I certainly don't want to care about that dude. So this is like a, such a much more refreshing way of playing. And um, like you said, you, it's it's five on five. It's quick. And if you're good at fantasy, you're going to be good at this. Yeah, and literally you can do a draft in a couple minutes and win some bucks, and that's fun. So let's let's all join. Use that promo code boxes. Have some fun. Get out there. So Tyler, is there anything you got to promote? Is there any any hot new articles? Um, there will be a hot new article by the time you're listening to this. It is a take on one Bobby Portis from the Bulls. Oh. And I was teasing it for Mike. It is a hashtag basketball article, and Mike. Mike's a man who's a big fan of Bobby. So listen, Bobby Portis is I a want trash person. He isn't. Bobby Portis is not good at basketball. So this is if I wrote this article, this is what it would sound like. Bobby Bobby Portis cannot play defense. He might be one of the worst defenders in the NBA. And just because he shoots the second he gets the ball and plays in a ton of garbage time because that team is garbage and uh, so looks looked good in his first two games, does not mean he's suddenly a great basketball player. People who like Bobby Portis over Nico have no idea what they're talking about. They don't understand how basketball works. And uh, quite frankly, I don't, I, I don't think they should be. Um, you, you know who he reminds me a little bit of? And he's, he's also got the crazy confidence of this man. He's a starter for the Denver Nuggets. You want to guess? Uh, Stephen Willie Barton. No, no, he thinks he's a starter for the Denver Nuggets, but he's he thinks not. Thinks he's a starter. Um, I would say he's he is definitely worse than um the Manimal. Right, he's the crud version of Kenneth Reed, isn't he? Yeah, he's like the slower, better, better shot, infinitely worse defense. Not agile, not fast, not like that's it. Like he's he's not good. He's just not a good NBA player. I mean, once once he assaulted one of the players on the team, I have no idea why he wasn't let go. I just I really don't. And do there's, obviously, there's obviously something in that story that we don't know about. Do you believe the reports that all the, the Bulls teammates side with him in this fight? I mean, it. I don't know because everyone's saying that, but I, I just don't see any evidence. That that's what's going on. Like I, I didn't hear any any of the players being like, "Bobby's our guy." Like basically, no one talked about it. They all used the same talking point, like, "Hey, you know, um, players get into this stuff. Punching is wrong. We're gonna deal with this together." Like they all used the same talking point. Even with Bobby back, I didn't really hear anybody going like, "Oh yeah, man, thank God Bobby's back. Screw Nico." Like I didn't hear that. Though I do have it on some inside authority from some people. Who I know who've been around the team, uh, no big deal, and this is really no big deal. But they, uh, word on the street is Nico is kind of an asshole. So, yeah, I'm sure I he got under Bobby's skin. I does, it doesn't look like it'd be that hard to get under Bobby's skin. I think this could be a situation where we got two kind of bad dudes, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? So no yeah. one really wants to pick either corner, right? Like no one's really jumping on either one's bandwagon too too hard. Yeah, I'm with uh, I'm with you there. Um, I'm probably I'm gonna be tweeting a lot of trash about Bobby Portis um, as he continues to number one be bad and number two take minutes away from Lori Marketing, which makes absolutely no sense. Link my article and trash it too. Have fun. Enjoy. So I will. I will. I'm going to if you gave Bobby Portis a good review. But go out to hashtag basketball. Dot com. Check out Tyler's Bobby Porter's article. Check out Tyler's weekly um, fantasy prompt, his streaming prompt that he does every Sunday. It's a great article. Get ready for that one coming up this weekend. And uh, go check out his draft mock draft preview. You're writing a ton of stuff, Tyler. You are way more motivated than I am. I'm a man of the people. What can I say? I'm a man of the people. If you got an article you want to hear, you can tweet at me. I'd probably write it for you. There you go. Uh, where, where can we tweet at you? Uh, you can tweet at me at watsy4444. Yeah, and I, you know, if you tweet at me I, and you want me to talk trash to you, I will do that. I will 100% do that. I'm not a man of the people. I don't like I don't like any people. I don't like any of you. Except for our <laughs> listeners. You're all good people, which would be the only people listening to this. So you guys are cool, but screw everybody else. The only person that will talk Everybody trash to is anyone who challenges me in draft.com. I will talk trash to you as I beat you. Oh yeah. .com. Send us your screenshots with the promo code boxes. Tweet that at Watsy4444 or at Watch the Boxes, which is where you can find me. I think that's it for tonight, Tyler. It's good talking to you as always. And um sadly to report that the Houston Rockets did not score two hundred points tonight. They only scored hundred and forty two. Only 142. That's all they Only can ask for. They had 90 at half. I'm, I'm disappointed. <laughs> uh, go Houston. That's all I have to say. Just go Houston. Go Rockets. Um, cheers, everybody. Have a good night, and we will see you next time. <laughs>